and welcome everybody to the Chilled Esports Podcast. I am your host here, Eugene Caffin, and we are now up to episode 14. Holy shit. Yeah, man. We're getting really far along right now, and I can't even believe that it's it's 15. A 14. A 14. <laughs> man, you're skipping ahead. I just said you're it. skipping ahead. I know, I'm hell? skipping ahead. Anyway, uh, I'm here. As you can as you can hear, I'm here with my good friend Joseph Ray. Joey, That's me. How you doing? Hey, I'm pretty good, Eugene. I'm just chilling out with my bud. I got my Coke Zero right here. Uh-huh. It should be a beer, but you know, whatever. Yeah, and you're you're ready to go. For our American audience, we only drink Fosters, obviously. <laughs> yes, obviously. <laughs> and for the Australian viewers, uh, we don't drink Fosters. Yeah, fuck Fosters. Because <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyway. That it is, Eugene. That it is. Yep. Um, so, man... We are we're trying it again. We had a, we had a, we had a good time last time, and um, we're going to be sitting right next to each other podcast, and this is this is good. Yeah, no, it's good, it's good. I think we get better sound quality, but I'm not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, I'm I'm much happier with the setup than I was with the uh, with the call in because because I feel like I get higher fidelity mumbling. <laughs> Hello. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. <laughs> Mumbling aside, it's been a really big week in Blizzard and in esports in general, man. Um, man, we've got it. Yeah, we have a lot of stuff to uh, to do. So let's um, think about our week in Blizzard. What do you mean, Blizzard added monks before demon hunters? I'm afraid my condition has left me cold. Oh, the weak always fall. All right, so back in normal form, I'm gonna go first. <laughs> Holy shit! Yes, uh, caster and host privileges. So, um, my week in Blizzard this week was actually kind of small. Didn't have a lot of things going on, um, but there are a couple of exciting things. So, uh, first thing is that I only played a couple of games of Heroes um, this week, um, and one of them though was on my most hated map. Most hated map? Yep. Warhead Junction? Yes, it was on Warhead Junction. <laughs> <laughs> How did you know? Man, I just, I, I just psychic screamed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, bam, what is Eugene's most hated map? Yeah, um, yeah, it's no secret, uh, Warhead Junction. My, I, I just, I don't like it. It's too big. It's too big for my liking. And it's really, really hard to get people to rotate properly. And something with my brain doesn't really compute what's happening on that map a lot of the time. Um, but I was playing, I think, one of my best heroes. I was playing uh, Green Jesus himself, the War Chief Thrall. Oh, damn. And, um, oh, man, I played a really, really good game. I uh, I went Echo of the Elements because I was in the solo lane. Like, for once, I actually got to, you know, play the role that, I, that I'm just really synergistic with. And, um, yeah, man, I had such a good time. Even though, you know, even though... Um, my teammates were you know, not really paying attention to what I was doing and going off and doing whatever. I was able to like play Thrall in such a way that I was peeling for my team just by like, you know, hitting my skill shot. The lightning skill shot? No, the wolves. Oh, the wolves. Oh man, I hit like a lot nearly, of the skill shot. Nearly, nearly all of them. No, lightning is a point and click. Yeah. Yeah, it's a point yeah. click. It's like yeah. so much skill. <laughs> no, no. So the wolves. No, dude. Like, I think I saved about like I don't know. I'm gonna say at least five lives 
just by like predicting where people are going to be and hitting the wolf still shot. That is really significant, actually. Um, yeah, and it was it was just it, it it was more because you know people were doing like dumb things and going near vision when they should be and all this crazy stuff. But um, so was it a lot of sol- solid leaning sort of uh, gameplay that you had? Yeah, it really was. Um, there was a Zagara in the enemy team as well, and what I managed to do was actually sort of keep her at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, initially our forts went down pretty early and so did, and so did there so the map was really really wide open yeah, and there sure. was a lot of room for like people to move around and do a lot of stuff and what ended up happening was that i ended up having to clean up everybody like all of the lanes a lot um as well as i always i also found time to participate in team fights so i have no idea what the hell was going on but i was just like everywhere and i was like communicating like where i was going all the time and it, like you know and channeling the elements yeah it was just good and there were multiple team fights as well where i um managed to do a big peel with the earthquake and whatnot so ah, nice nice um yeah i was just really feeling the thrall action and it was really good to get back on that dude again so you're feeling earthquake over thundering at the moment with uh, the disengaged potential and the sort of mm. rough terrain that it, it brings yeah yeah i think so as well as like the general like survival that it that it gives thrall yeah sure um so I am really feeling the earthquake over that. I think it just denies a big zone and um, provides a big engage or disengage for our team. Cool. So yeah, that's uh, what was going down with um, Heroes. Um, the big one. Soul-sucking one. World of Warcraft. It's back with a vengeance. It is. Oh, man, it's back with such a vengeance. Um, <laughs> Battle for Azeroth, the pre-patch, it was here. It, uh, it dropped on... Um, on wednesday loving the new splash screen yeah oh dude it's so good i just love it so much i i, I just look at it I'm like man this looks exactly like reign of chaos yeah i know it was heavily heavily influenced by reign of chaos mm. um i saw it immediately i'm just like man it's so cool but it has its own flavor it has its own battle for azeroth and like wow oh, definitely flavor. no it, yeah. it, it, it's not like when i say it's like reign of chaos i'm not like they took reign of chaos and carbon copied it <laughs> into <Yeah>. 2018 <laughs> no 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 they um they're making it its own thing like this is clearly they're really trying to bring back the whole orcs and humans uh aesthetic even though it's technically undead versus yeah technically <laughs> but no i got like i can really feel the um the old battle is once again renewed yeah it's really what what is like what warcraft started out to be right they really want this horde versus alliance you know one side versus the other just the, type deal. the feeling of the uh, endless battle, I think, is the mm. like the, this never-ending rage of of, of fury that yeah. the two sides have for each other. Yeah, yeah, sure. And um, they're doing a lot to sort of um, uh, have these animosities or these like this this war come from essentially essentially nothing, um, but still, you know, the old hatreds that might be hanging around. You know. Yeah, well, it is interesting because it. Does remind me a bit of um, a Star Trek Next Gen episode mm. where um, Captain Picard was. They found this planet where these two sides have been fighting for thousands of years, and they said, "Oh, well, we've got to we've got to find the root cause of the war." And and Captain Picard goes, "Well, the root cause of the war is the same thing. It's like some resource or some monument or some holy site or whatever." Mm-hmm. But that's not why they're fighting. The reason they're fighting is their personal grudges. You killed my brother, or you know you desecrated my family or my or my town or something you know it's what you did to me that causes the war not some sort of ideological superstitious thing 
Yeah, very true. Very and, true. And, and like they've really brought that that to the fore, making Jaina the new antagonist. Because mm. you know she's not mad because the orcs invaded Azeroth, which they did, which was the reason for the first war. And she's mad specifically because Theramore was destroyed. Mm, yeah, yeah, I can definitely see what you mean by that, and that's something that doesn't really like go away, you know. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah. Anyway, um, sorry. It makes for a great story, though. Yeah, dude. I, uh, I, I can't, I can't wait. I can't wait. Um, anyway, what I've been doing with that was, um, was uh, we got any talents actually? So, yeah. Um, our artifacts have uh, gone the way of Eldela, and they're pretty much dead. Um, yeah. You know, Blizzard took them out back and stripped all of the power <laughs> from them. <laughs> my artifacts no yeah so the thing that we're working on for a while is now pretty much just that stick um and you know what i'm, I'm totally fine with it. it it had a really good run it was a really cool system and i'm interested to see how it's going to go on later but um yeah i still like the fact that it looks the way that it does and we have these iconic weapons and whatnot um and i have been having a lot of fun looking at all the new talents in particular i really really like the look of warrior right now all the warrior specs seem really sweet. Um, all of the I, I have like a a choice of playstyle. I think with a lot of them, like I can choose and customize how I want to do it. Particularly with arms, I feel uh, was one that was like pretty heavily customizable, and you could do certain different builds with it. And even um, even fury and prod as well. That was the case. So I felt like the talents for them were really customizable, and we don't even have the Azerite traits yet. Um, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I'm also really liking um, how Frost and Unholy Death Knights are working. Um, Unholy specifically is a lot better. You have a lot of like a lot of different choices with Unholy as far as talent trees goes. Like they've swapped a lot of things around and baked a few things in. I know some people were not too happy about it, um, but I I think it's really cool. Um, as well as Frost, they're putting they're shifting a lot of power from Frost uh, into the Pillar of Frost talent. Yeah, oh, sure. sorry the ability not talent um where a lot of things happen while pillar of frost is active so you can do all these cool things while pillar of frost is active and it's really the base of your rotation um and and your cooldowns and you know doing some big big dick damage during breath of cinderacer and all that other stuff <laughs> so yeah that's what I, that's what i've been doing um oh and something crazy I actually, I this is another unpopular opinion. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. like how Balanced Druid plays. What? You've never liked Balanced Druid? I've never liked Balanced Druid before. <laughs> what changed? I, I have notoriously fucking hated Balanced Druid for, yeah. since, like, forever. Yeah. <laughs> you think, you mean Moonfire Druid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes, Moonfire Druid. Um, for one, I... The, the big thing around it is I get to take a glyph that means I don't need to be in that stupid moon chicken laser chicken form. Um, so I don't have to walk around <laughs> like like it's a fucking rave and like going, I'm a fucking bird. Um, so I don't have to do that. I can just be a normal like glittery human. Oh no, night elf, sorry. But that's the advantage of like, balanced druid, being a, <laughs> being, a, being a giant crazy chicken. I don't want to be a... Anyway, whatever. <laughs> not my thing other people really enjoy the form i do not um so i get a glyph that turns me into a normal night elf and i'm just like uh oh, Wogan. Uh, yeah or Wogan or troll or whatever i'm a night elf yeah. i'm the og um and um yeah where i get to be just uh very ethereal i think looking <coughs> yeah 
So that, and, and I really like the whole, like, you know, double dot um, resource gen followed by empowered your, um, your Solar Wrath or uh, Lunar Strike. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it's just really good. There's enough variance in there to vary your, your play style. So you might, um, you might get two empowered Lunar Strikes and one empowered Solar Wrath or the other way around. You also have some pretty good utility as far as like your um your um interrupt me your silence beam and all this other stuff. So man, I I this may be the first time that I choose balance over feral, even though feral's like what I what I like. First time in twelve years. Well, maybe it might that might actually happen. Yeah, yeah that's that that is pretty crazy. Mm, um, as well, something that I was looking at is uh, Guardian Druid. Um, it, which is another one of my faves, and I spent ages getting the. Uh... You spent fucking forever getting that fucking bear form. Oh man, I spent <laughs> so long getting the bear form. <laughs> it is ever though, like it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks really awesome. I really like it, and um, guardian druids are looking really solid going into BFA. They're not exciting by any means, like not a good play style or whatever. But so I remember the criticism before was they felt sort of like warrior light. No, it's not that. It's that they're boring as shit to play for most people. Okay. Because they literally have like a two button, two three button rotation. Swipe plus swipe. Yeah. So swipe, swipe is basically a filler spell, uh, and then you have thrash and mangle. Yeah. And thrash is on a cooldown, and and mangle's on a cooldown. Okay. So you basically you thrash mangle, and then swipe 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 thrash. Mangle. Swipe, 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 and then that's basically it. And you spend your rage either doing Iron Fur or Maul. Um, yeah, sure. Most of the time, it's Iron Fur, so you can have a um, you can have a hundred percent uptime on your active mitigation. Yeah, sure, because um, the boss is probably hitting you for six. Uh yeah, most likely, hmm. most likely hitting you for six, and it helps smooth out the damage. So yeah, um, they're looking pretty solid because they still kept up Iron Fur, and they still have most of their um talents beforehand. So. Okay. They're looking pretty good about smoothing, in particular for uh, uh, progression. I would think um, they're they are not going to be uh, like a astounding, you know, stellar gameplay pick, but they might they might be good as far as you know having some nice smooth incoming damage. Anyway, over so, to you, bro. What have you been doing? Are we going to see all droid raids soon? Did you think? Um, no. If it, <laughs> I mean, okay, Legion was the closest we got. Okay. Legion was, um, you know, two Guardian Druids and, like, you know, five Resto Druids. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. Um, they were very popular. <laughs> they were yeah. very popular. Um, raid tanks and raid healers. Um, you did need, like, a good mix of raid healers, like Resto Shamans, Holy yeah, Paladins, etc. But, um, there yeah. Go. yeah. And maybe, like, yeah, two Guardian Druids wasn't uncommon. As for my week in Blizzard, I have mostly actually been programming this week. I've gotten a new book about learning how to do Angular, so I've been getting deep into single-page application development, which is incredibly interesting for me, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe Probably not for everybody else. Maybe not for everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> but this has been... Um, this and the, the combination of my idle game, uh, Realm Grinder, I've been grinding up some mad, some mad golden realm grinder while I've been watching YouTube videos, which unfortunately is meant I haven't been playing that much of Blizzard games. But the Blizzard game that I have been playing and it's been taking up all my Blizzard time has been World of Warcraft. Uh, oh, oh, really? That's yeah. a shock. <laughs> I'm, I am back deep in the in the World of Warcraft. 
And I've been playing my priest, Avodka Tonic, and she is now currently past Duswally Marsh and up to Zulfarak. Only 15 levels away from entering the next Bando. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, which one are you going to choose, Joey? I'm definitely going Northrend. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll, I'll be able to stomach doing Outland. Yeah, I mean, after all, like, because you have to remember that we started in, like, Burning Crusade, yeah. like, when, when it was you know, prime, and we played the shit out of that zone. Outland was, like, literally the best questing experience ever. Yeah, well, yeah, back then it was. It was beautiful. <laughs> because basically, you, you go from these two-stat greens, which are completely fucking useless, yeah. into these three-stat greens, which are just godly and, like, better than epics, like, like in your conception at the time. And you're like, this, this gear is amazing, and all the quests are in one spot. This is awesome. Oh, uh, yeah, they did the whole quest hub thing really well. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. What, that's really why they started the quest hub thing, because before that... Yeah, it was just like... The quest is just somewhere in the world. Yeah. Where's Mankak's wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know where Mankak's yeah, wife is. Yeah, no, I don't Jesus know either. I don't know. She's probably long dead by now. Oh, no, isn't that... That's the question. She's dead. Yeah, she's dead. Okay. <laughs> oh, I feel sad for Mankak's wife. <laughs> Press have to pay respects. I think, um, I think you want to murder his rampage afterwards. Um, yeah, I think he did, uh, against Centaurs, or was yeah. that another guy? Oh no, that's um, Re Rexar Deathgate. He's the guy who, <laughs> who fucking hates Centaurs. Fucking hates Centaurs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah he sends you out to like murder every tribe of Centaur. <laughs> yeah, and then he comes back and he's like, not enough murder. <laughs> Go to Desolus and murder more Centaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we need to strike where the heart is. Yeah. Um, all right, so. But yeah, so I can now play Zulfrak, and I'm keen to get up to level 60. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm actually keen to get back into... I know I've said this the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to get back into playing Heroes of the Storm pretty soon because I really like the look of the new... Oh, we tried out the new skins, the, um, the Ghost Rider skins. Yeah, yeah, dude, the um, Rainer one looks sweet. Yeah, I played a game of Hots, I remember that. Yeah, good. <laughs> and I beasted Rainer as well, like, because it was always Rainer vs. Rainer, and I, yeah. I was just always the superior Oh, Rainer. yeah, we did too, I remember. Yeah, 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 I remember that. Yeah, so so guys, I am currently number one Rainer in OCE. <laughs> I'm currently undefeated, two for two. I, yeah, we do not. We, <laughs> our sources may, may, may or may not be legit on the number, number one Rainer OCE. Uh, fight me IRL because <laughs> i'm great <laughs> I, I i do like the new rainer's raider yeah um, it, it, it just sort of acts like a pet and i i feel it's a lot better than the old rainer's raiders because the old rainer's raiders were sort of fire and forget but this one you have to manage a bit more so you, mm. like you feel a bit more feels a bit more starcrafty yeah it does actually it does um it feel it feels like you, you are microing um starcraft which is just awesome yeah. All right. All right, man. Um, as well, we have some more Blizzard news that's been happening this week. Obviously, we mentioned the pre-patch and um, all of your talents are now live. One thing that we didn't mention, I totally forgot, is that the uh, stat squish has been applied to everybody, man. I now do two DPS. <laughs> that's what it feels like. <laughs> yeah. So instead of doing like 1.5 you know, million DPS or something... Um, I think I now do 1,100 DPS on my Wario is what I last checked. Hmm. Um, my Wario wasn't like heavily geared or anything, so it was just like, you know, normal. I think like 8, 
880 gear and yeah did like 1.1k dps so you know back to manageable numbers well you know i i remember the first time they did they did the scat the stat squish when kata came out and i really liked it i i like it now like i actually really like the small lump the small but meaningful numbers over the big but sort of unfathomable numbers because like it, it's fun when you're playing an, an idle game like realm grinder oh i i made 1.3 septillion dollars but <laughs> yeah <laughs> other than that i'm like uh oh, what does this number really mean yeah i know like th that was the thing as well when they when they did it a while ago i'm not sure if it was in kata was it it was in kata because I, I i distinctly remember oh, no. the DPS going down. pretty sure it was warlords maybe they did for oh no you're right it was warlords yeah it was warlords um yeah, yeah it was more like contributing to um the the pretty much like the screen just lighting up with these ridiculous numbers and it was happening towards the end of legion like yeah. you know if if you watched people like people would crit for a million or two million at a time yeah and as as much as like big numbers are cool um those numbers are too big well they're they're also because there's another thing as well of um because i think the real distinction here is meaning numbers so, yeah, if, so right. when you start off playing Warcraft, you fight like wolves, right? And the wolves have thirteen hit. Points. Mm. You can understand thirteen hit points because you do two damage. Yeah, sure. You know, this is going to take me six hits, and it's a wolf. You know, take about six hits. It's a couple of good axe swings, couple of abilities, and then it's dead. Mm. And then you first come into Outland, and you see the Fell Reaver. Now the Fell Reaver <laughs> has a million hit points. Yeah, <laughs> and you're like. Is that a million swings? I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> well, well, well it, it's meaningful because you're like, man, comparing the Fell Reaver to a wolf, like, it's basically the difference between Super Saiyan Cell and Krillin Season 1. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, these guys are just two, they're just monumentally different power levels. And, and it's meaningful to see the Fell Reaver with so many hit points. But if you're doing a million damage a swing, it's like. Ugh. Does Cobalt number six really have one point six million hit points? Mm. Yeah, that's very true. Is, is is Cobalt number three as strong as the Fell Reaver? Like, like is that really what you're telling me? Mm. But thematically, it starts to not make sense anymore. That's why I think the stat squish is a good thing because they can apply more meaningful numbers to the to the bad guys that you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I can I can see it from that from that perspective as well. You can sort of uh see see the difference like it, it is a lot more meaningful and and for one you can gauge your own strength a lot better i think yeah you know, like yeah I, I i just think i'm i'm all around for the stat squish um you know and and it was pretty good the one thing uh that i will say about it though is it does feel a, like a little bit um a little bit bad when you know you go from being this <laughs> massive juggernaut like guy who's doing two million you know damage yeah yeah, and yeah. then you go back down but i can see why why it's necessary i do honestly see it from that perspective but like to mm. hardcore players i'll just say man we've got to build it up again yeah i know i know it, it it it'll get to a point where it happens again and um that brings us to our next point is that blizzard were trying to make sure that um the the way that they did the stat squish this time around was um applicable in future scenarios um so what that actually did um especially seeing as they have to sort of scale everything so that 
uh, people are more powerful when they go back into older content. Yeah. But uh, something went wrong. What went wrong? I don't know what went wrong. Um, but basically, uh, people were getting absolutely obliterated in low-level dungeons. Get good scrubs. Yeah. No. <laughs> so yeah. So some of the numbers were not working very well, and um, basically, like we, there were you know level forty people like running a dungeon, then all of a sudden, tank gets one shot by an ability. <laughs> what I'm all I'm saying, Eugene, is forget kill Jaden. <laughs> Make Vanessa Van Cleef the head of the Burning Legion. <laughs> Vanessa Van Cleef is where it's at. Yeah, absolutely. Check out that noise. You there. Um, yeah, so that happened. Um, <laughs> That's great, though. And the reason that I knew about it is because uh, we recently had a, a developer Q&A yep. with um, Ian Hazacostas, which I now know his proper title. Yeah. He is the game director of uh, World of Warcraft. The director yeah game director that, that's his title fair enough so he's the world of warcraft game game director um he sat down with um i call him law from tanks but i have no idea what his real name is i think it's josh someone his name's law yeah his name's law um yeah so he sat down and um answered some questions um most of them were pretty interesting if you want to have a watch i would go watch it it is up on youtube um on the uh, world of warcraft uh channel so you can go have a look at it. I would recommend it if anyone's interested in um, in Battle for Azeroth. Uh, the big things that I wanted to take away um, were that a lot of people were complaining about Azerite armor. Um, and Ian Hazacostas is basically saying that, well, it's in the early stages and we haven't seen all of the Azerite armor um, changes yet or the Azerite armor things that you can uh, get or unlock. Mm -hmm. uh, which gives me hope that there are some really cool things and some really interesting things. And he seemed to think that stacking Azerite armor um, um, abilities. Uh, uh, traits? Yeah, abilities? traits. Yeah, Azerite armor traits. That's it. Yeah. Um, yeah, stacking traits was a lot more powerful than what people were giving them, giving them credit for. Okay. So, um, you know, and he is the game director. I know that he has to say that because he's the game director. Uh, and he's like... No, they're not trash. They're completely good. Um, <laughs> but um, well, I mean, I tend to trust the yeah. Warcraft dev team. Cause yeah, me too. I've, to, to my mind, they've never really, they've never really let me down. Like, like from the casual player point of view, because because uh, I just play the game and there's just fun stuff to do all the time. So I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Yeah, sure. Um, I think I think that's really what they're trying to like get a grasp on is. They want to make it good for everybody, yeah. But in doing so, like they're gonna make some people off, and there are but there are a bunch of people that aren't happy with some of the changes. Well, one of the curious things we were talking about um, earlier this week was actually the changing perception of hardcore players and casuals. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, that it is now more that the yeah, it's the hardcore players that are sort of getting. Uh, the stigma. The stigma. Yeah, the stigma. The, you know, that you don't want to be a hardcore player because, yeah, because you're some guys like living in their mum's basement or whatever. No, but, you know, I've always, I think I've always considered myself a hardcore player. Mm. Like, even when I play casual levels like I'm playing now. Yeah. I'm still a hardcore WoW player, guys. <laughs> in my head, I'm a hardcore WoW yeah, player. Yeah, in your head. Only, only in your head. I don't think we were ever... Um, actually, truly, truly hardcore players. But I think you can speak for yourself on that one because 
I was I was living on your couch, only playing WoW for quite a while. Oh yeah, that's right. You were doing that. <laughs> that part, that part, I can say definitely. Yeah, was. I was. I, 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 was I think it. I think the closest that I got was raiding for four nights a week. Yeah, but, yeah. But that was only for like a couple of months. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, the the only thing stopping me from playing Warcraft twenty four seven is a constant supply of chicken tendies. <laughs> 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 if that doesn't make me hardcore, nothing does. Yeah. <laughs> all right um something that was also very apparent from the uh developer q a was that um world of warcraft is definitely looking to go for the long game yeah yeah they're definitely designing their game now with longevity in mind so ah, uh, so we won't get the um uh what's ashkenazi um ashran problem yes um they're actually closing down ashran doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, so if anyone's listening, uh, you really, really... Uh, actually, it may have been closed already. It might be too late to get your um, to get your titles for slaying all the different races. Sorry, Scrubs. Yep. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to torment you with my titles. <laughs> oh, you're not hot going off a Yeah, well, yeah, fuck you. Here's my title. <laughs> I was there when Ashran's gates first opened. Uh, you were, though. I was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I have uh, my server first inscription. Yeah. yeah ah! <laughs> you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so they, they're designing things with longevity in mind. So, you know, it's always the case where they build this game and they build a few expansions and then we're up to like expansion 50 by now. Yep. And, um, you know, there are some things that aren't meant to last forever. So um, they're trying, they're, they're doing it with that in mind. Yeah, that's um that's very interesting because I think Ashran um it was fun when it was current content, but it, it did date pretty badly. So mm. Yeah, for sure. I, I think it'll be interesting to see uh what BFA things we can expect to sort of last the test of time. Yeah, we have a few things. Um we'll talk about that later though. Yeah, absolutely. Alright. Um one last thing that is um in our Blizzard News was the Boomsday project. Oh, Boomsday. Oh, man. It has been announced, and we've had a few card reveals. Man, I am excited for science. Science! <laughs> it looks like a really fun set of cards, actually. I like the, I like the magnetic mechanics. Yeah, me too. I, yeah. I, think, I think magnetic could be good, and I think we have to sort of wait to see which cards have magnetic and what mechs are involved. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that could be really sweet. I think we have a really good selection of cards so far, like... Mm -hmm. Some things are really crazy. Some things are really cool. Hmm. Um, but man, you know what I'm really excited about? What are you excited about? More of the small episodes of the Boomsday Project, the <laughs> yeah, Boomsday Labs. Yes. Oh, Those Boomsday Labs. They've, they've really put a lot of production values into these. Yeah, they yeah, did. It's, it, it's impressive what they're doing with it. I know. And um, the one thing that made me laugh so much was, uh, <laughs> was I think, yeah, there was a, uh, a hearthside chat about one of the particular mechanics or about Boomsday Project, and it was with Peter Whelan. Yeah. And most of the comments were, wait a minute, he's meant to be a chicken. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it clearly is not Peter Whelan. <laughs> <laughs> Illuminati confirmed. <laughs> Peter Whelan's not a chicken. Yeah. yeah. It's obviously a level two synth. Yeah. Peter Whelan's still a chicken. <laughs> yeah. So, so um, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. <laughs> That's great. Um, they also are doing something pretty interesting as well. I think this is the first time that they're ever um, having their card release schedule um, beforehand. Like 
you can go over to the Hearthstone website. Yeah. And you can see when they're going to be revealing cards. That's really cool, actually. You don't know what cards are being revealed, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But um, we're getting a steady stream of card reveals up cool. until August. So we've got a sick hype page. Yeah, yeah, we do. Um, so you can go see how many different cards and how many like different bundles of cards are just going to be released. So I, I have feelings and opinions about the um, about the sort of drip feed. I'd much rather like big chunks, but you know they've always done it this way. So, um, it's just something that's going to happen. Yeah, like I mean, I guess the whole point is for theory crafters, right? So you can mm. um, you can slowly theory craft a new deck bit by bit, and then and then consider a new thing once yeah. a week. Mm. Um, yeah, but the thing about crafting decks is that you need to know all the cards. It's sort of like when when people are trying to value these cards, and there are a lot of content creators um, that go ahead and do all the card reviews. Um, where they always say, well, this could be good, but I need to know about all the other cards in the set first before I can tell you. Yeah, <laughs> so, of course, of course. Yeah. It's, but it's all part of the fun, right? Yeah, yeah, it is It is all part of the fun. It yeah, is all part cause, of the Because, I mean, uh, like part of the joy of, I guess, Magic the Gathering is literally the sensation of opening the, the card packet. Mm, yep, it's yep. part of the fun. Like, if, you, if you're just given the cards, it's not as fun. Because you know you, you don't get the what's in the pack sort of mystery. Uh, I mean, I, I I don't like that very much. I mean, I do, but at the same time, um, buying buying boosters for Magic is always like, in my opinion, a largely a waste of money. <laughs> yeah, and then, no, no. <laughs> this is not a Magic: The Gathering podcast. Yeah, it's not. Play hey. Hearthstone instead. <laughs> <laughs> Hearthstone actually does that where. I hate the Hearthstone system sometimes where where like it's the inner it's the inner sort of like thing that I've come to enjoy from like our our somewhat capitalist country where if I want something I can pay money for it. Yeah. Like that just doesn't happen. Hearthstone like the money that I pay for it like you know aka the dust is so disproportionately like invaluable. It's sort of like going from the American dollar to like the Australian dollar. The Mexican peso. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the Mexican peso. You know, like, <laughs> I can buy packs in American dollars and it's like a good value. And then it's like, if I want to craft cards, I have to like get 2 million pesos. Yeah, exactly. To like, to craft this bloody card. Anyway. Anyway, um, <laughs> let's, not, let's not dwell on that. Um, excited <laughs> for Boomsday. I don't know which thing I'm going to buy because I'm definitely pre-ordering. I don't know which one, but it's going to be one of them. So, no. I do want to say, though, in defense of the Hearthstone monetization system, that mm -hmm. monetizing video games in general is just a really tricky problem people have had for a long time. Mm. And Hearthstone isn't a game where you pay the traditional model of, like, this is no. just an upfront cost. And, but, but then mm. the game is static and it's unchanging. So Hearthstone, you're supporting the dynamic development team. And, I mean, obviously it's... I mean, I'm, I'm, defending a, I'm not going to defend a billion-dollar company and say they're poor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They could make the decks cheaper. <laughs> they could do a lot of things. I really just want either things to cost less dust or for us to get more from removing it. Yeah, yeah. Even, uh, I, even one is to two would be so much better. Yeah. Instead of, like, one is to four. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. So, anyway... But it is good that they have a monetization model that'll that'll keep the dev team going along into perpetuity, though. Hmm. Yep, yep, I agree. All right, so that's uh, pretty much all of the uh, Blizzard news that we have for the time being. 
Now it's time to jump in to the esports for this week. And man, I feel like we're just getting spoiled with esports. I think we are. You know, there's just so much cool stuff going down. There really is. All right. I love the HTC. Yep. Well, let's jump into it. Let's jump into the uh, hero side. I have a PhD in PvP. You have some skill. Talent? Ah, that seems generous. What? I mean, I knew I could do that. All right, so first things first, I'm going to um, talk about North America. Ever, man. It was, um, oh yeah, it's phase two, week four now. So we are getting a little bit along in the uh in the standings we're nearly halfway through actually halfway through man it's, it feels like this phase just started yeah nearly a month ago yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i know it it actually doesn't feel like it started that long ago no but, it doesn't but yeah but next week um we would have been halfway through this particular phase and man it's, yeah it's it's going by really fast yeah everyone's got their points already it's uh, it's shaping out like yeah. we, we can see the standings sort of taking shape yeah yeah we can we can so you know it's good as well um i feel like someone over at the heroes and the well no not the heroes team the esports team has been listening and man guess what what's going on they're playing on almost the same patch that we are on live yes finally in fact i think it might even be the same one. Oh man that's that is some good shit keep keep it up yeah, I know, because I was looking at it, and I'm like, oh my god, they have three bands. Yeah, which is a good thing. Yeah, I oh know. my god, such a good thing. So needed, and I just can't say how good it is, because, you know, originally, coming from League of Legends, right? Yeah. Where, when they started, they had three bands. Yeah, yeah. And those were the hero pool of forty. Yeah, and and all of them were at the start of the of the hero select screen, like yep, yep, yep. you know. And and I came over here. I'm like, what do you mean we only get two? Yeah, well, because how are you meant to ban strategically? Like you, you know, you'll never ban an archetype. You'll always be fighting against you know. If you can't ban both Genji, Hanzo, and and the map pick Apatha, and like everything else, you need to ban. Yeah, I know. It was just yeah, and I think they they kind of realized that that was happening. Yeah. Like, they must have been thinking about it for a while and, you know, when to bring it in. But, man, I'm pretty happy that it's in and happy to see it in the HGC, like, as pretty much, like, as fast as possible. Like, it was definitely needed. And, man, we're seeing some... I'm seeing some good bands. I'm seeing bands that I really like. <laughs> hmm. um, in particular, you know, obviously things like Chromie. <laughs> you know <laughs> the abcs of the abcs always ban chromie yeah. we yeah. can do it now we can yeah. ban chromie we can ban chromie then we can also ban genji and hanzo and, oh my god you know oh we god. can ban sudden hammer we can ban garage we can ban whatever the hell we, we want Arthurian. yeah we can actually target something in strategizer and a bans now and i'm actually you know what normally when i watch uh hgc if it's not live and I'm watching a VOD. I just normally skip past the hero select because I because I don't really find it too interesting. But um, usually, because because yeah. because normally heroes it, it goes one of two ways. Either everyone yeah. picks meta, or they pick meta and then they they like have just have an ass pull. Yeah. Of a pick, and you have no idea if it's going to go well or not. And then when they have an ass pull, like I get really excited for the game because I'm like, man, how's this going to play out? Yeah, I know, I know. So. 
really liking it. It was really, really cool to see. Um, <laughs> like Zero Two Avatar or something. Yeah, something man, crazy. That's just fucking insane. <laughs> um, so yeah, man, there is also some pretty uh, interesting meta changes that have been happening ever since the new patch has been released. Yep, your boy Reyna, he's in. He is in. And heavily contested. It's so bizarre. <laughs> I know. Freaking season one, Reyna, Raiders roll. Yeah, he is. He's back. You know, the OG, the <laughs> the guy, the guy that you tell everyone, um, you know, learn this if you, uh, you know, play this guy if you want to learn the game. Yep. He is now seeing play in competitive, you know, professional play. Marshall Reyna. <laughs> Jimmer. This is Jimmer. Yeah, so... Um, Sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's seen a lot of play and um, seeing some pretty good success, man. So, Yeah, awesome. no, I, I mean, I, I like the render rework. I've um, had some success with him at home games, but now we're talking about esports. So what's going on in the, um, in the scene? So that's not the only meta change. Yeah. So Rainer's... Uh, uh, I'm going to highlight a game that Rainer did really well in. Um, but the other thing that I wanted to mention was something that I thought was insane. The Alex Straza changes. Alex Straza. Yep. What's going she on has gone What's from being. She has gone from being a pick only for Infernal Shrines. Yep. To just a pick over Decked Kane. No way. Yes. But she doesn't have the. But she. She. It's all. Protracted, like, like what she's gonna do. It's all, it's all projected. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, the all that all that had to happen was the change to Life Binder, her um second ulti. The um, uh, ancestral healing for noobs. Yes. Yeah. Um, except this time, <laughs> what happens is that it would heal a target for a certain amount every few seconds before mm. it actually does its thing. So now it's the boss ancestral. Yeah, so now it's better than ancestral healing because yeah, that's much better. Because not only you know getting killed during the an the animation is sad face. It is, and now that almost won't happen <laughs> because how are you going to get killed during that? You're getting healed, and then you get a big fucking heal while equalizing your percentages. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I mean, that really is a fuck you heal, <laughs> ancestral healing. Yeah. So man, you you thought you killed Muradin, but you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but so... you didn't. <laughs> yeah, so that has just skyrocketed her to first pick worthy. First pick? Yes. I saw multiple first picks of Alex Straza in North America, at the very least. I don't know, though. She seems so counterpickable. Like, just pick Diablo. Mm. Diablo has also picked a lot. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> That's how I feel. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, so it turns out it just doesn't matter. You can... Okay. You know, she puts the circle on the ground, you use all the circle abilities. Turns out it does, doesn't actually matter because she can keep you alive really well. Um, she has like she has a, uh, a bunch of diverse talent builds that she can go, and it's not just and it's not all about the Dragon Queen anymore. The Dragon Queen is a really, really awesome, important cooldown. Of course. Um, but Life Binder is just so good. I just feel like leaming combo orbs, or I mean, I mean, Chromie's obviously banned. Let's just yeah, Chromie's banned. So, so, so you don't have Chromie threat if you're going alley. But I mean, I feel like leaming combo orbs. Like you just get a combo orb into every circle, and and negate alley's healing. Yeah, I'm metagaming, but um, yeah, that happened. Gul'dan is also another one. Like you put a corruption down where everybody's going to be. Yeah, um, that does happen. Don't okay. get me wrong. Um, okay. but turns out it doesn't matter. 
So, so, so I'm not that bad at, at Heroes Coach. Like, no, <laughs> no. I can see the counterplays. Just yeah, there are counterplays. Don't get me wrong. There are <laughs> massive counterplays to what she wants to do. Okay. Um, but turn like, but it, it hasn't really mattered too much in the games that I've been seeing, and that and the sheer strength of Life Binder has really carried her. This should make Junk more powerful as well. If everyone's trying to group up, Junk gets more powerful. Uh yes, he does get more powerful for that. Mm. Absolutely. So pretty much anybody that requires that you're sitting in an area, Kelthas, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah. Basically, I think the difference between us and professionals is that sometimes people don't always stand in the circle. That's heresy. <laughs> sometimes you just, <laughs> absolute heathens. You just don't need to stand in the circle. No, 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 no. You always need to get in the guys. If you're listening, get in the fucking <laughs> no, circle. No, don't. Get in the fucking circle. I put it there for a reason. You bastards. Yeah, it's a, the circle placements. The um, what's it called? Like some... circle of life. Yeah, Ingwenyama, Ingwenyavana, Ingwenyama, Ingwenyavana. Very good, Joey. Your Swahili is great. I I know it is. Um, Mojumbo. Uh, so turns out they were putting the circle of life. Good places. So you know. So, so as to not put the team in jeopardy and the pros they know when it's a bad position so yeah, they move in and out of it as necessary yeah um as well uh johanna moradin are still the the uh top tier tanks but uh bl- um not blaze blaze is obviously there um but diablo saw a significant amount of picks also mm, i was seeing i was, I was seeing Urel still a contested uh yeah yeah Urel is a very highly contested pick also He's not yet irrelevant. No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Can actually still do some things. No, I think her solo landing is going to make her a contested pick for a long time. Mm, yeah, maybe, I think so um, as well. Maybe up to six months, maybe. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's not like she's going to see very many, very much nerfs because they've already adjusted her after a release and she's not, you know, overly tanky. She's not overly unkillable. And she's not overly damaging, so... Yeah, I, th- I think yeah. she's in a good spot. But um, I think Nova players are pretty un- unhappy, though, because there's not much Nova. Uh, yeah, not really. But, no- like, Nova's not really meant to deal with, like, off... Like, with uh, Warriors. <laughs> it's a shout-out to in a general. friend of mine who plays here as a Storm. He's a, he's a bit annoyed about Aurel. Because oh, okay. she counters Nova pretty hard. <laughs> All right. At, at, at least in, in his conception. Okay, sure. All right, man. Um, so, in North America, I did want to talk about one particular match that, that happened uh, today, actually. It was Heroes Hearth versus Tempo Storm. It was number one and number two on the ladder that were going, going at it against each other. Oh, cool. Um, and it was a really, really good good um, series. Fantastic. I, um, I had a good time watching it because it was... It's basically what happens when two really good teams come together mm-hmm. and you know fight each other uh, and and have these interesting strategies to try and to try and get the win. So um, I'll put a I'll put a spoiler out. Heroes Half beat them three zero. <laughs> no way. Yes. Well, was Heroes Half number two? Yeah, they were number two. Yeah. So now they've claimed their number one spot in in North in uh, in North America. So. Heroes Hearth, they're actually the uh, the leaders of Phase Two at the moment. Great, good on them. Yeah, so they did really, really well, 
And but even though it was a three zero, and normally be like, oh yeah, it was a complete stomp. Um, it actually wasn't. It was very very hard fought, and there was some very very crazy games. And um, overall, from what I'm gonna say from the entire series is that if you want to know how to play a macro game to the fucking T, you should watch this series. Right, Heroes Hearth are awesome at the moment. They played so well. All right, let's just jump into some analysis. Um, in game one, they Tempo Storm was going for an extremely interesting build. I knew that it was going to be crazy as soon as they picked a Valera. A Valera, that's yeah. So uh, Tempo Storm decided to pick a Valera. Um, they had pretty much a like normal setup. Um, but what happened was is that Heroes Hearth. Got the Rainer. I see. And um, yeah, it was just really, really strong. And the Banshee Rainer's Raiders does work. It was doing so much work for him. And I, f I really, really felt that he was, you know, not quite in the OP range, but in the really, really effective range. Like, I couldn't, I, you know, it, it was obviously someone that was very good at playing Rainer. Like to the point where he could reveal Valera with his, you know, kill shots and whatnot. Um, I always love revealing a stealthy with a Q. Yeah, so it, um, and yeah, and I don't think I saw the Banshee die once. Oh, that's insane. Yeah, it's I was, I was life. tracking it. I was tracking it the whole time. Like, oh, is the Banshee gonna die? And then I don't think it ever did. No, so awesome. you know, obviously these are professionals and they've been playing it quite a lot. But yeah, man, it's just. Um, getting major value off the Banshee as soon as it got to level 10. Um, picked it up straight away, was using it to really great effect for the single target damage and just the really consistent damage. Like they had, they had Rainier and Phoenix on the same team. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just so much like consistent damage. And then um, Phoenix would, would come in and give some good uh, slight burst, but really consistent damage. Yeah. And the, there was the, yeah. that barrage play. Yeah, and they're both pretty safe as well, both like with the shields, heals, and teleports. Yep. So, um, and they really didn't let Valera do Valera things. So Valera couldn't like jump in and get the get the silence off. No, she did. Just didn't matter. <laughs> oh no, yeah. that doesn't matter. <laughs> That's no good. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so there were some like pretty good Valera plays initially. Yeah. But the later the game went, the more that um, Heroes Hearth just played the map so well. They played against the Valera really well, not letting her do what she wanted to do or run around. So, um, they also um, were running um, Diablo and ETC as their tanks. Yep. Um, so they had they had one global over um, over Tempo Storm, which I felt was almost backbreaking in some cases. Yeah, for sure. They felt like Valera fell off. Then. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. She did fall off uh, fall off quite a bit. Because, um, I mean, really, I think the Valera team has to get two levels ahead for um, it to be sort of the, the burst to be deadly. Yeah, yeah, I think she definitely does need to be ahead and have a lead. Um, I'm not sure about how many levels, like one or two. I reckon it's two levels. Opinion. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they, they had great control of the map, and it wasn't just, like, spam bot lane until, until we die. It yeah. was, like, rotating properly. And having all this other cool stuff. Man, I, I love watching Rotate. Yeah. <laughs> when the pros do it, it's like, man, you, you guys knew exactly where to be. Okay? 
Good and on the, you, following yeah. the shot caller. Good on you. Yeah. That's why you're in this yeah, fucking game. Yeah, this is why you get paid to do this, and I sit at home and I watch you play this. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so Game 2, man, was a prime example of what I mentioned, was the Alex Driver first pick. Yeah. It was just awesome. Alex first pick, you know, um, and I what map it was, actually. I think it might have been Volskaya. Yeah, it was Volskaya. Um... The big thing was that Diablo was uh, picked up for Heroesoft again for yep. their tank issue, and man, I swear to God, he was like almost unkillable. <laughs> you know, Diablo 100 souls, fucking beast. Oh man, it's so deadly. Mm. I mean, he really is the Lord of Terror because, like, I get scared of him when he has 100 yeah. souls. Yeah. Like, oh no. <laughs> yeah. He's maximum strength. Yep. Um, I I think there was a thing in Diablo 2, actually. They really wanted to make Diablo like the big bad, and you have to do this huge ritual to summon him. Yeah, awesome. Sorry, it's just a aside from my nerdy history. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, so that game was actually really well done because Heroes Hearth actually lost the first two protectors. Really? Yes. Heroes really? Hearth lost the first two protectors, and not only that, after losing the first two protectors. They had a level lead on Tempo Storm. So Heroes of Hearth had a level lead despite the first two protectors? Yes. They just defend the protectors really well? Or? Yeah, I'd, uh, I think it was a mixture of they defended it well, Yeah. but I don't think Tempo Storm really capitalized on them very uh, quite, quite as much. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, it is, it is, it is very interesting. And, and like, it, I think it was a testament to how well they were playing. Like, it, 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 what quickly happened was that um, Heroes Hearth sort of turned on the aggression, yeah. uh, won the third and fourth protector, and then proceeded to just win the game. It went to the fourth protector. Yeah, it went to the fourth protector. Well, it's because Heroes Hearth lost the first yeah, first two. They so didn't. Ha they didn't so they had the zero. Damage. Yeah, zero structures were down, yeah. uh, and on the first one they got like bottom keep wall. Um, I think, or even bottom keep. I'm not sure. I don't remember. But yeah, after that, it just snowballed into number four, and then they just ran it, um, ran it bot lane, yeah. um, with their faces essentially for the win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty crazy game. That is. Crazy. And um, you know, just uh, just showing, man, that they they lost the first two. Yeah, you can still. All you need is a third one. Yeah. Let's get that third one. <laughs> you get can that win. third one. <laughs> anyway, the last one. The reason that I picked this series okay, why'd you pick this? is Tempo Storm with 2-0 two, two down. Yeah. They're on Tomb of the Spider Queen. And knew something was up when uh, they picked the Harker and they picked Alex Strauss, which isn't like crazy. Yeah. But they also picked up Medivh. Medivh? Yeah. Someone that we haven't seen in ages. They picked up Medivh and I was like, the hell's going on here yeah, well, that's a bit sneaky because because that means they have to double pick damage right um yes i think so. uh no they needed a tank as well okay so it's, so they need a tank and a hyper carry. yeah yeah they need a tank and, and a yeah and a hyper carry essentially okay. and so um the heroes hearth one look, looked pretty looked pretty good like they had a um they already had a, a tacita a malfurion and a phoenix Yep. Um, as well as a Muradin, and they just needed to lock in their last pick for Heroes Hearth. Yep. All right, but but it was it was Tempo Storm, and they had their last two to go. They pick fucking Chogal. 
The Chugs. The Chugs. It was picked chugs. in competitive play by Tempest Storm. <laughs> the Protect the Chugs. Yeah. The unkillable DVS. Yes. So, you know, the the guy that can literally just stand there and, like, shoot dark flames and shoot at people. Oh, my God. It's so impressive. Yeah. Um, I played against um, I played against hypercarried Chugs. It's, like, so deadly. Like, oh, please leave me alone, Chuck. Yeah. Get out of my lane. <laughs> Go bother someone else, please. Yeah. So, Heroes Hearth responded to it really really well in the draft and picked yeah. up a valor Ooh, that is a good that is a good kind of so they already had phoenix they already had tacita yeah. and um and malfurion and so they picked up um valor as mm. a counter well a potential counter to the trigal and the percentage damage really um mm. really eats him up yeah so um i felt that that Tempo Storm had a really surprising draft and a good surprise factor. Mm -hmm. And the fact that Alex Straza was the healer, like a percentage healer, is mm. really good for Cho'Gal. So I felt that they had a really good setup. The problem was, is that Hero's Hearth was so ranged and so mobile, so damaging, and like they were really resistant to the poke of, of Cho'Gal. And there wasn't too much damage coming from anywhere else on the team that... Um, it sort of fell a bit flat. So the Medivh couldn't keep the protection up with the. No, it wasn't that. Chugs was Chugs. I don't think I don't think ever died. Dragal didn't die in like in the entire game. There are only a few kills. There weren't that many kills going down. But what it was is that Chogal couldn't do what he wanted to do and get on top of people yeah, and okay. stack the and stack the orb damage or anything like that. And it was basically turning into. Um, Heroes Hearth controlled the points pretty much all game. Yeah, for sure. They got like I think three turn ins. Heroes, Heroes Hearth yeah, before before Tempo Storm even got their first one. And the only reason that Tempo Storm even got a turn in was because Heroes Hearth were trying to take their keep at the time. So I feel like it's um a lockdown for the Chubs to be. Yeah, they did, but um, they didn't quite uh, have anything really. Like they they had a Dahaka for that, but they didn't really have too much else going on. Maybe Malfurion instead uh, Alex Brother. Yeah, possibly. Um, but they wanted the Alex to work because of the percentage based healing. Oh, I get the percent percentage based healing, but didn't trade that for the lock tongue into or um stitch. Yeah, maybe um tongue into roots or stitches into roots. Yeah, yeah, Stitches was banned there. But uh, by the time that Stitches was banned, um, they had already wanted to to lock in the Cho'Gal. Um, yeah, sure. The curious one was um, was the Hawker, I think. Yeah, yeah. But I think it can work. Um, I think it can. I've definitely seen it work. But, yeah, me too. It's, but um, yeah, it's deadly. But essentially, Heroes Hearth just controlled it so well. They never let Tempest Storm near turn-ins, and when when they did. Um, they only ever got one or two and didn't get much out of it. And so they pretty much just like choked him out of the game and then proceeded to win. Do not go face to face with Cho'Gal. <laughs> they did though, but not, yeah, but Cho'Gal couldn't actually yeah. do anything to stop the entire team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was pretty much what was going down. And yeah, no, uh, uh, 40 man raid teams are Cho'Gal's one known, one known <laughs> Yes. Oh no, it was, um, 
It was 10, 10 or 25 at that point. Yeah, was it? Uh, yeah, I think, I think you're right. It was 10 or 25. Mm. All right, man. So um, that was pretty much it for me. What's been going down in, uh, in Europe? So in the land of the Europeans, we uh-huh. had... So I wanted to try a different format because normally I do a deep dive where I sort of I sort of write down the play by play and I can commentate on the on the play by play as it happens. But this time I opted for a more off the cuff <laughs> style, and I have to say I don't remember much about it. So I'm <laughs> gonna have to get better. <laughs> but I did happen to catch uh, Dignitas versus Fnatic. Yeah, sure. And like this is exactly the same as NA, like the um the, the top two teams in the in the region, mm. and I have to say, Dignitas is currently the top the top team in EU. Like I I can really feel how their play is just slightly more refined and slightly better than Fnatic's. Yeah, sure. In particular, they always seem to be on top of Fnatic in the sense that when I was watching them play. I would always look over, like, you know, you look down at the minimap to sort of get a general sense of the macro and the, the minions tell you, like, like how, how things are going. Yeah, sure. They yeah. give you an idea about, you know, the lane control and whatnot. Yeah, and it was just always in uh, Dignitas' favor. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's just a, it's a combination of things. It's just the, the, the point control on Infernal Shrines was better. Um, Tomb of the Spider Queen... They were just controlling the gems a lot better and, and focusing down the, the gem holders. Huh. And Fnatic, they had really good plays and there were points where they, they were going for like the really godly team fight, like the level 16 spike, the level 13 spike. Oh, right, but, sure. But it just... Dignitas' fight control was just overall more convincing. Yeah. Okay. So you think they had a superior like team fight? Yeah, definitely. Like, like I, I can't put I can't put specifics down because I obviously didn't write anything down because I'm like, all right, I'm just gonna remember this. It'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's okay. But no, no, I'll I'll have more I'll have more comprehensive notes as in notes at all next time. <laughs> so, so so I'll be able to say exactly what's happening and why. But no, I I can definitely see why Dignitas is the is the superior team at the moment. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, it 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 always seems like that. It always seems that you you can tell like if you watch enough esports and watch enough uh, heroes of storm like we do, you know, you can definitely see and can definitely tell when one team is just better than everybody else yeah. in in what they do and how they execute things and their team fights and their, their micro play, their macro play, yeah, all that stuff. As for what I think Fnatic can do better, I think it comes down to. It comes down primarily to drafting, I think, because if mm. if they just draft some different heroes, I think it'll get better. Like I remember one draft, I just disagreed because they were going for something special, um, but it just didn't. It just didn't. It just kind of didn't work. Oh, they're trying to trying to be cute. Yeah, trying to be cute. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that that often happens. Mm. Um, it, it's sort of. You do that either when you think you can't you can't beat them normally, yeah, or you think that it'll just throw them off their game too much, you know. Yeah. So, what I'm saying is believe in yourself. <laughs> Don't stop believing, fanatic. 
don't stop believing. Yeah, I, I think I think in a rematch, I I wouldn't be able to tell you who who it was going to win because like they're very these two teams are very close to each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was the same for with, um Heroes Hearth and Tempo Storm. I felt that like Tempo had really good plays and they were playing really well. Um, but like Heroes Hearth were just able to get the wins. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it boils down to. Like it doesn't matter if you beat them before the if you beat them before the pro game and beat them after the pro game, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You have to beat them in the pro game. Yes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Wasn't there a um is it Fast and Furious? Doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile, winning's winning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, that's cool, man. Um, so we're gonna be looking forward to week five happening next week. And yep. um I'm gonna be cover- I'm covering method next week. Oh yeah, excellent, excellent. I have no idea. I'll probably pick someone cool. Um Yeah man, I think that's about it for the uh Heroes Esports. Phoenix. Alright, man. Next part is also real exciting. Is that this week was the semifinals of the Overwatch League? Yes. Yeah. So let's uh, let's let's uh, start talking about the Overwatch League. Ladies and gentlemen, start your engines. Activate it. You're not bad, but not good either. Cheers, mate. The cavalry's here. All right. So yeah, we like I was saying, we had the semifinals of the Overwatch League happen this week. Um, where well, we had the the top four teams that were um, trying to get to the finals that is that is going to be happening next week. So we had uh, Philadelphia Fusion uh, versus the New York Excelsior. Versus New York! <laughs> and we also had the London Spitfire versus the LA Valiant. Yep. So... A um, couple of things that I wanted to note a little bit about what was happening from what I was seeing uh, in in the Overwatch League is just the crazy meta that's like happening. A lot of Roadhog. Yeah, a lot of Roadhog. He is everywhere. Like it is basically what it starts out is if you're if you're on a hybrid map, you always play a triple tank. <laughs> yeah, always. Like yeah, you just like oh you know let's just play a triple tank. And, or, you know, we'll play an Orisa, we'll play a Diva, and then we'll put our other support on a Roadhog. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that. like, that's it. You see that on, like, both sides. <laughs> so, guys, 222 is dead. <laughs> no, not quite. <laughs> it ain't dead, but uh, it's definitely not the, um, the most common strategy. Um, yeah, so there is also... Um, pairing that a lot with double sniper. Yeah, I yeah. saw a lot of widow Hanzo. Yep, a lot of widow Hanzo happening, as well as just the single, the single lone angelic, you know, heal bot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of rip mercies. Yeah, so <laughs> Mercy was Mercy was trying to do her best to hold down the hold down the fort. I have to say, a lot of aggro mercy as well. I, I saw quite a few blaster kills. Oh, yeah, man. That was awesome to see. <laughs> I've never seen, like, mercy kills before, especially in pro play. Yeah. But, man, it happened. It, it happened happens. this week. Yeah, no, she, she actually does do damage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no. She doesn't just, like, beam people all the time. But, yeah, it was it was very, very interesting to see. Um, So, uh, triple tank was the prominent strategy. Yeah. But it wasn't the only one. 
we still had the Ryan Zarya. Yeah. Um, we still had the standard dive uh, composition. Yeah. And then we, oh, uh, yeah. And we also had the, um, the Ryan Zarya Brigida. And just the sort of swap swap out of Brigida every now and again to counter any uh, Genji or Tracer or full sort of dive composition. Yeah, so there was um, this like delicate balance of things that were happening, like um, as well as uh, a little bit of McCree as well mm, for the stun grenade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I was also seeing a lot of Pharah on on certain maps. I did see something satisfying on on Junkertown. Mm. Genji swooped in to to, to do a one v five, and and started popping dragon blade. It's like and then it just instantly killed. Yeah, <laughs> no, I saw that instant death. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> I felt bad because I'm like, you know, and then he just dies. I'm like, oh, <laughs> take that, Shimada. <laughs> We're not going to see the battling CG robots cam. <laughs> no, 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 because I I think I, I think the, the Charlie Chaplin esque comedy was like. It did it from the zoomed out view as well. Yeah, it did. <laughs> <laughs> we could see at a better, better vantage point mm. just how bad an idea that was. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we saw it. We definitely did. Um, yeah, but I want to say there was a very, very dynamic flow of, um, of team compositions all throughout. Definitely. And it was really, really cool to see. And I think Overwatch might be in a really good spot right now, um, like competitively. Well, yeah, because I think when I was first sold Overwatch, in in terms of like Blizzard saying, here's this new game concept, not a new game concept because Blizzard. When Blizzard was talking about the game concept, I was like, okay, so the idea is that you'll start out with one team, but by the time you're winning, you're playing just five completely different heroes, and they're like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, and I think yep. like they've actually gotten to the point now where I'm actually seeing that at, at the absolute top level play. Mm, yeah, it's not just let's. Let's pick the same heroes over and over again and bash them against each other. Yeah, like, exactly. Mm, yeah, there is definitely some variety happening, mm. and we are like it's just a big showcase of of what these pros can actually do and like how um, and how the abilities synergize with each other. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's really, really awesome to see. It's really interesting to see. I do really like Infrasight um, synergizing with uh, Dragon Strike. Oh yeah, man, that is good. That is good. I I always thought that Infrasight was kind of a weak ultimate, um, but it's actually just really fucking strong um, if you have coordination. If you can see people, you just get so much more information. This yeah, really great. Yeah, um, I like I like the information. That um, the thing is though is that like certain skill gaps, like you know, for our elo, for example, um, what are we gonna do with that information? Probably fuck nothing. You know what we're gonna do. <laughs> we're gonna type angrily in chat. Won't someone please play Reinhard? God. <laughs> yeah, someone play a tank. Oh, Zarya's not a real tank. <laughs> what are you talking? About? Yeah. Anyway. Cyber kill six six six. I'm looking yeah. at you. Side notes. Side notes about our league. <laughs> anyway, it was it was really good to see. Um. All right. So let's jump jump into some of the games. I didn't really watch it too much, but I did watch a few games of uh, London versus the LA Valiant. And basically, from what I saw, it was uh, London putting on a show of how to play uh, well. Yep. That's pretty much... That's pretty much my analysis. Yeah, so <laughs> they ended up taking the series... Um, well, yeah, 2-0. Two, two um, so they won the first one 3-1 and the second one 3-0. 
um yeah from what i saw it was just basically the fact that they were able to do both like all of the things that they need to needed to do well like you know they knew how to push they knew how to defend and how to stall for time yeah you know all like all, all, all the different things like uh, especially how to regroup as well they were just doing everything they were doing all the meta plays like like hitting the right chokes and uh, putting up the shields and stuff yeah so it was pretty much like dotting all the i's and crossing and crossing all the t's yeah cool. as far as as far as i found with uh london versus the la valiant um that being said there were some pretty tense moments especially on the on the last icon world yeah um and there was a lot of um pharaoh versus pharaoh battles on that particular battleground yep definitely. oh man it was it was pretty it was pretty nuts and um yeah props to the two guys i think it was agilities and somebody else hmm. um yeah it was it was really really cool to see the uh pharaoh play actually it's the one character that i like playing but it's always hard to play and it always seems that whenever I play Farah, there's always like some god tier mercy on the other team killing me all the time. Yeah, Widowmaker, you mean? Oh, sorry, yeah, Widowmaker. Fuck. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, god tier Widowmaker, the sniper bitch. Um, yeah. I mean, maybe Mercy's killing you all the time. I nah, I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't. I've been killed by Mercy a few times. But not okay. That many times. <laughs> all right. Widowmaker widow more often than. Yeah, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Um. Um, London vs. LA Valiant. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, it was Farah. Yeah, Farah. Yeah, the Farah play. Yeah, so um, it was it was really it was really good to see. Um, and some of the um, some of the Roadhog play in particular was really cool. Like I never when I play Roadhog as well, and I see a Farah, I don't immediately think to myself, "Oh yeah, I'll get the hook on her." Uh, <laughs> you never think that. But enemy Roadhogs always yeah. hit the hook. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happened. There was. A lot of a lot of um, pharaohs getting hooked out of the air. Um, something awesome as well is something that I saw people do a lot was use the Orisa um, uh, right click, Gravitron. Yeah, Gravitron and uh, hooking someone. So yeah, they would hook the enemy Orisa over their shield. Man, I, is that new? Because like I didn't know you could do that. And yeah, it, it's just it breaks the Orisa defense every time. You yeah. Just, you just hook them all over the shield, and and, and you always fall at a certain rate, so you so you have a yes, so, very clear shot. Yeah, so all, all that you need to do is obviously like fire the gravitron <coughs> up, suck everyone up, and then Roadhog can hook a target. See you later, loves. Yeah, it's it's a high amount of synergy that we could probably never pull off. No, no, no. But um, <laughs> next game, next game we start practicing this. Okay. I did like I have I have done some wombos in the you know before. But... I love the grab dragon. Yeah, the grab dragon was is good. I, yeah. I like doing that one. Anyway, um, so yeah, it wasn't wasn't too much to say about that one. It was pretty convincing, London. Um, with some good play from the LA Valley, and obviously they're a, they're a top team for a reason. Hmm. Um, yeah, it was just London was better on both occasions. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what I will say though, next game, next series, I should say. Yep. Thor spot, dude. Thor. What happened, Eugene? What happened to uh... New York? <laughs> what <laughs> happened? <laughs> what happened, New York? You were looking so good. Yeah, I know. The New York was looking so good. They fucking dominated two of the phases. They were up there. Ah. Uh... But they went down to Philadelphia Fusion. Um, props to Philadelphia. They played really, really well. 
Yeah, no, I was, I was really repping that play. Yeah, man, it was really good. I, you know, obviously New York, they weren't slouches. They weren't like, you know, you know, you know, fucking up all the time. Um, but yeah, I think Philadelphia was just playing a lot better. Um, I did uh, get to see the second series. Mm-hmm. That's what it did. Yeah, and oh man, it was it was just. I felt it was very back and forth. Yeah, well, I felt like New York was sort of dropping the ball on hybrid maps, mm. or maybe Philadelphia had, because I couldn't tell if it was New York dropping the ball or Philadelphia just like coming out of scrims with a particular strategy. Mm, possibly. Because something about this um, changing meta, and, and New York wasn't responding quick enough to Philadelphia's uh, team changes. Yeah, yeah, I felt I felt the same. Like there was a large amount of switching. Like this is where I sort of felt really good about it uh, about the whole meta is that man, so many character switches all the so time, many switches. and like waiting in base to like see what the enemy had so that you could change depending on what they were. It was <laughs> yeah. it was very very technical and high level play that was just awesome to see and. Maybe Philadelphia was just a bit more comfortable doing that. And, you know, I, I really loved the flanks. Mm. The elite flanks and, like, well, like Farrah just, just popping up behind them in King's Row. And <laughs> how does Widowmaker get there? Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. She, she, she like, just walks. It's like, I am blue, but you cannot stop me. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, man. In particular, though, I do want to rep some uh, people on New York. Mm-hmm. that i feel um w- like almost carried and obviously it was uh jonak and pine those two guys are just really awesome like jonak is like the highest killing and highest damage zenyatta in the entire league yeah so and he was like getting some crazy plays some crazy kills um but he was also playing really good on roadhog yeah you know I, and i was really feeling the the zenyatta max damage yeah man um, and obviously, like, Pine gets subbed in every now and again and is, like, the god-tier Widowmaker. Yeah, no, he was definitely showing everyone how to play Widowmaker. Yeah, like, he always does it. He always, you know, is able to, like, pop off and get all these headshots and whatnot, and his positioning is just so crazy, and, um, but it just wasn't enough. No, it wasn't. It's very unfortunate. Mm. Yeah, I, I, felt it, I felt it was definitely the hybrid maps where either Philadelphia was slightly mm. better or New York was slightly worse. Mm. Yeah, sure. Um, maybe it's a weakness in New York's play that they can, they can patch up next time, but uh, Philadelphia won the series. So yeah. That's, that's Philadelphia's win. In particular, though, um, I did want to say that it, a, a lot of the uh, battles are very hard fought. Yeah, they uh, were. In particular, the Hanamura yep. was just like... It was almost the epitome of just like the never give up, right? Yeah. You know, like die on the point. Yeah, yeah, like just just get in there. Get on that point. Yeah. <laughs> so that, uh, die on the point or, or don't even log in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um no, a, a lot of really good diva explosions. Oh yeah, no, that was one that was one of the things that I noted that that they were able to position the diva bomb exactly where they wanted and especially the philadelphia was it poker i think it was uh, i'm not sure who the diva player was to be. yeah it was one it was one of them um was able to get more kills than he probably like should have yeah but i mean sometimes people just out of position and, yeah. they, and they don't get behind the building fast enough yeah and they very die. true very true although the watching the pro play did um point something out to me mm. How strong it is to kill a Reese's ulti. Oh yeah, no. Supercharger. 
Oh yeah, dude, that is very important to kill. Yeah, because it was one of the games where they they failed to kill the supercharger and they just just took it to point. Oh really? Um, um I forget. Was it Hollywood or? Did I don't play Hollywood. I don't remember. Uh, I forget all the maps. Yeah. It's quite to take notes. I only re- <laughs> I only remembered the last the last two. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, so it was all, all around all around good games. Uh, a lot of a lot of a lot of kills. A lot of a lot of sweet things going down. Um, but it was um, it was Philly that took the game, um, three two on the last one. It was a crazy Dorado hold. Three two. Um. So yeah, pretty pretty nuts. Well, that Dorado that was uh that was like forty meters out or something. Yeah, it was it was on the last point. Yeah, it was on the last point of Dorado, and yeah, they just couldn't couldn't get there. Couldn't go. They just couldn't turn the corner. Not nah, couldn't get around the corner. It is like. One of the hardest corners to turn in the entire game. No, fuck that corner, man. Like, yeah, it's, it's pretty it's hard. It's a 180 degree turn, and, that, and like the defending team can just jump over the wall and flank you. It's yeah, like, I know. What the it's fuck really, is this? It's really fucking difficult. And defenders have high ground. Yeah, you have to like... Uh, yeah, you have brutal. to you have to snowball it. They'll like get a complete wipe. And Definitely. It, yeah, it's sort of like Temple of Anubis and whatnot. Like, that one's really hard as well. Anyway. Um, so, that... Brings us to the end, I think. Yep. Brings us to, uh, that brings us to the end for me. Yeah, man. Episode 14. What a banger. Esports at home. It's valid to waste Diva Bomb on Harry's <laughs> ulti. Yeah. Pros do it so you can too. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and also, um, as at the millisecond you get the Hanzo ultimate, yeah, you have to fire it. <laughs> Every time. Even better, <laughs> if, if your entire household's asleep, and you know it's it, you're having quiet you're having quiet night gaming. You get Hanzo Walter, you have to start screaming Japanese. Oh yeah, dude, I do that all the time. <laughs> it, I think it's a rule. You can't like you can't not say anything. You can't be like, okay, Dragon Strike. But like, no, nah, fuck that shit. No, 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 no. You have to be like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we should go before we offend any more people. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> sorry, guys. Konnichiwa, guys. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to hear more of me and Joey. Oh, and Christian, who couldn't be here. Um, you can send us an email over our chillpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email, uh, tell us that we're speaking Japanese incorrectly. Um, or we need to take more notes about esports. Whatever, whatever it is, um, <laughs> you can send us an email. <laughs> or if you have any things that you want to ask us about um, our, our play, what we do, what we do, etc. Or, or if you want to fight me on Rainer. Yep. I'm going I'm to beat you. Uh-huh. Scrubs. Sure. sure. Uh, as well, you can check us out on Twitter. We are Chilled Podcast at ChilledCast. Yep. And our full back catalogue can be found over at jhrate.com. Chilled. Chill. Joey, where can people find your work on the interwebs? You can find my nonsense at jhradercom slash memes, where you'll find meme-driven development, my very first blog, where I will talk about neither memes nor development, but it is at least driven. Yep, it's good. You're very driven. <laughs> I'm very driven. <laughs> uh, yeah, guys, you can find me on Twitter um, at OvalTeenGene, and I am going to be starting up a uh, stream where you guys can watch me play Blizzard games really badly. Um, that's over at twitch.tv slash well, I will probably feature. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining me tonight. You know, we should Joey. call it Woodley Gaming. Call it Woodley Gaming. Yeah, All I like right. that.
Yeah, I like it. Cool. All right. Anyway, thank you, Joey, for joining me this afternoon. Stay easy, stay breezy, guys. Yeah, take care, everybody.